Hi, this is Dr. Kimberly Leonard, and you're listening to Incredible Life Creator Podcast. My guest today is Sharon Lynn Wyeth. International name expert Sharon Lynn Wyeth is the founder and creator of Nemology Science and Study of the Placement of Letters in a Name. After 15 years of research, followed by three years of testing in over 70 countries, she has evaluated thousands of names since 1995. Her best-selling book, Know the Name, Know the Person, is the first in the sequence, followed by Know the Name, Know the Spirit, and Know the Name, Know How to Connect. You may have seen her on Good Day LA, New York City's Fox News, Good Morning Arizona, and in various other cities on NBC, CBS, and ABC, or have heard her interviewed on any one of hundreds of radio shows. Today, she is hired by human resource departments in choosing appropriate candidates to interview lawyers and how to present cases to judges and individuals who wish to know themselves better and maximize their ability to connect with others. She also assists nationally and internationally in naming new businesses, new products, and when people wish to change their names. Welcome to the podcast, Sharon. Hello, Dr. Kimberly. It's an honor to be here. Yes, it's exciting to see you and, you know, actually virtually now because we met like many years ago at a, like a business type conference. And I, you know, I don't, I can't even believe we're here talking it, about this because it was, was a long time ago. But it it's was something that people usually remember because everybody's interested in what their name says about them. That's just it. It was so intriguing to me because I had never really heard of that. So I think it comes off of an ancient science. Um, many of the ancient religions really dwelled into names and the importance of names. And if you start in the Bible, it starts in just in Genesis where God changes Abraham and Sarai's name to Abraham and Sarah. And then Paul becomes Saul or vice versa. I always get those backwards. And then you've got uh, Joseph and Israel, and you've got all these different names that keep changing mm -hmm. because their destiny or how they go about their destiny changes. And what's really interesting in the Abraham and Sarah story is that now both names have an A-H in them. And an A-H means you're on mission for your God. Cool. That is so cool. So why don't you just tell us where did this all come from I mean did you know you didn't go to school and say okay I want a degree in <laughs> how do you say it nemology I want yeah. I want a degree in nemology sign me up <laughs> <laughs> no I actually have my math degree so that my brain is very well trained in patterns so I have a bachelor of science and I also have a master's so I was doing the seating chart in my seventh year of teaching math and we just put the names down randomly, but we don't want the kids to sit where they think they want to sit, you know, how they sit initially. So as I was doing it, I started thinking, I don't want Joshua next to Julie because together they're going to be clowns, but separated, they're okay. Derek's going to need extra help. I need him up close. Stephanie's going to be stubborn. And it literally took me, I did the first three classes. And as I started with the fourth one, all of a sudden it dawned on me and I went, wait a minute, I don't know these kids yet. This is how I think once I get to know my students. And so I was curious. So I went back and I wrote my impression of all 150 students and I put it away until winter break. So when I look at that three months later, I was really astonished at the accuracy because now I knew the kids. And so I decided that my, brains had, my brain had picked up some kind of patterning. So how do I make what's unconscious conscious? 
That took me 15 years to figure out all the patterns and the names. And then I went and tested it in over 70 countries over a three year time period to make sure it's accurate in any language that uses our symbols, regardless if it was English or something else. Mm -hmm. So that was really exciting. That's how it started. That is really interesting. And it works in all countries because I know with us being so global now, I've interviewed people from all over the world at this point. And some of the names I'd never heard of before, you know, because we're so used to the names that are around us, you know, but people in Dubai or whatever, they have some really different names. And, and, and so it works no matter what, as long as- As long as they're using like our lettering system. I mean, I remember having a child when I was in my first year of teaching and his name was Stig, S-T-I-G. Very unusual name for here. And yet it would be like, calling somebody Steve, where he was from, very common where he was from. And you have sometimes the same names, like there's David in every country. There's actually Sharon in every country, just pronounced differently, like mine is pronounced Sharon. Mm -hmm. And so there's certain names that are everywhere, usually biblical names or religious names that are throughout the world, even though they can be pronounced differently. That is so cool. So um, let's start by just giving us an example of how this works. So let's say okay. someone's name is David Paul Smith. All right. So the David would be the essence of who that person is in this lifetime. Okay. And how their personality is going to come across the Paul being the middle name is where they're going to go when they're under stress. And if you believe in reincarnation, it shows you what you learned and how you were in your immediate past life. And then the last name represents your environment. And that's why everybody, Kimberly, with the same first name isn't the same because their environment is different. And you can put two people that are very, very similar or start off with the same ingredients in the kitchen, as I'd like to say. But mm -hmm. if they're following different recipes that take the same ingredients, you're going to have two totally different dishes. So it's the same type of thing. You're dropping somebody, even though they have the same name, into different environments. Now, some people are just named with something like junior after it, and that junior absolutely affects. Now, when I'm doing a, a name reading, I also ask for the parent names because I want to see the influence and what you gained also from having those parents, because that also is going to make an effect because you can compare two names and see where the conflict was and where the joy was. That is interesting because um, my my mom's her name is Mary Lou, which I don't think is very common, very common name. So, um, what what does that mean? Or what, what if you take the name uh, Mary Lou? Generic Mary Lou without the environmental influence <laughs> would mean that she has a rebellious spirit, doesn't want to be told what to do, doesn't mind being asked, but don't tell her. Okay, and that because she doesn't want her freedom taken away. And that she is very observant. She doesn't miss much. She has a tendency to want to get the work done first and then we'll play or then we'll connect or then we can talk and just have relaxing time. So she's going to work really hard until she actually plops and becomes a couch potato. Mm -hmm. That she's learning how to manage situations and how not to be manipulated by others. So at times it can appear that she's becoming manipulative simply because when you're learning something new, you go out of balance and in balance. Mm -hmm. Okay. It says that she knows how to be liked and get along with people, not always that she wants to, but that basically she's a very likable person. It also says she knows how to nurture, but she's very picky on who she chooses to nurture. 
it says she has a lot of self-confidence and that she's not always recognized for her gifts and talents. That's you know, awesome. like sometimes pretty, she pretty cool <laughs> <laughs> uh, several, several of things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so cool. And then when you drop that, let's say there's all these qualities and characteristics. I just gave you a brief analysis and then you drop it into the environment. It tweaks it. It lets you know what's stronger, what needs to be tweaked, what's a little different. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like you can have the same recipe, but two different people making it. It's going to taste a little different. Right. So, so her last name was Gibson, but then she married my dad, my dad, who was a Leonard, L-I-N-E-R-T. So when she went from a Gibson to a Leonard, did all of a sudden her life change? I mean, it changes because you got married, but you know what I mean? <laughs> yes, but it How changed it work? <laughs> to her. Okay. Mm -hmm. So as a Gibson, she had to learn how to be around people that were very flexible, changeable, possibly addicts. Um, she wanted to get away from that environment. It was like she felt responsible or tied and family was important, but she couldn't wait till it was her turn to leave that whole environment. It says that people were very logical, deductive reasoning. At the same time, they were taught, she was taught that blood's thicker than water. And I'm sure she had a lot of mixed feelings about family. So then when she came into the married last name, now she was attracting people that your dad was closer to and that were more like your dad's family. And so she got to learn again that blood's thicker than water. That's probably attracting because it felt like home. But now they were no longer addicts. Now they were perfectionists. And now they were organized and now they had good memories and they had a lot of self-confidence and they built people up. So she didn't feel like she had to run and able to find herself and to be okay. And that sounds just like our family. It really, <laughs> it really does. <laughs> sounds just like our family. So that is, wow. So when you work with people, let's say um, you want to help someone choose a baby name. So, okay. So when there were still only seven religions in the world, they all agreed on 10 or 12 things, depending on how you categorized it. But one of the things they most definitely all agreed upon was that the incoming soul impresses upon the person that's going to name them what they want to be called. So we name ourselves. And that's why it's so accurate. Now there's some people that'll say, oh, I just hated my name. So I changed it to this, or I changed it to that. But you gave yourself the name that would represent your life plan and what your contract is laid out for this lifetime. Then if you go by a different name, like a nickname or you changed your name, it simply says how you're going about your plan has changed. The plan itself doesn't change. Got it. So even if we just really, really hate our name, it's still something we chose coming in. It, it's something that you chose. And it's really interesting because in different parts of the world, um, they have different rituals for who names you. So for an example, if we were living in Russia, your middle name would be that of your dad's name, either the female version of your dad's first name or the male version. If you're living in Turkey, the oldest male living relative is the one that's gonna name the child. Here in America, it's the parents. Hmm. You know, and sometimes it's the wife, sometimes it's the husband, sometimes it's both and they come to agreement. So it really depends on where you are in the world, what the ritual is. So, but the soul will know who do they have to go to, to get this name across. Just like in the Indians, it's the shaman. And anyway, it's fascinating how they do it around the world. 
So there's not one name that's more beneficial. So parents don't say, hey, we're, we're looking at these five names. Which one's the most going to give them the best life? You know, <laughs> <laughs> every name has gifts and every name has challenges. So there's seven things in a name that the soul was more experienced on. Now, some people call them lessons, and I don't because it makes it sound like we did something wrong and now we've got to learn from it. Instead, the soul contains an incredible amount of knowledge. And I always say, like, you may know at a soul level that E equals MC squared. Okay, but you don't have the experience to know when to apply that formula, when a different formula is better, when you need to tweak it. You don't have the experience to go with the piece of knowledge. So the soul comes to Earth. And it's saying these seven areas is where I wish to gain experience. So I have wisdom behind the knowledge that I'm already holding. Mm -hmm. And there's always seven in a name. And I say that in on very, I have read thousands and thousands of names. Every once in a while, somebody will have less than seven or more than seven. I've never seen somebody with more than nine. Um, but it's like they need special dispensation to have more than seven. And if they have less than seven, I think, well, they don't need to come back to the earth. They're, they're just cleaning up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> they're doing the last hours. Pieces together, whatever. Huh? Right. There's not much left to do and they're going to be done. Mm -hmm. But the vast majority of us all have, I would say 99.8% of us all have seven things that we've come to, to, to experience in this lifetime. Seven areas. And if you look at those seven areas, which I do in a name reading, the very first time I talk with somebody, I always go over that with them. There's always an overall theme when you're looking at those seven areas that this is really what the soul wishes to comprehend. Cool. And I'm thinking about families, like family names. So, you know, so this whole, everyone in this family has the same last name, but there's always someone, especially in, especially in bigger families, there's always the black sheep or the wild one or the, you know, where they're just, the rest of the family's all conservative and they're just like over here to the right or the left or whatever. How does, is that, is that the first well, name you, they chose? How does that happen? So what happens is uh, you can go into birth order where the first child makes the two people actually a real family because now they have a child and they have a focus and they feel more like a family. And the second child that, that comes in. So the role of the first one is to cause them to be a family. The role of the second child is the one that's going to take care of the parents if the parents need it when the parents age. Okay, so if that second child should pass away before the parents, it's going to hit those parents extra hard because they understand that that's the child that's going to tend to them and take care of them. So everyone has a role. The third child is an extra. And so it's like, this is our backup plan. <laughs> and so the third child doesn't really have a job. And that's usually the one that'll go off and travel and live away from home and really live far away from home. And so the ones after that are just bonuses, what I call them. But we can go, you know, we could do the whole hour on just what each, you know, the order and what that means. But what it really means is you can drop the name of the child into the last name. And you can see how many things are similar or cooperative and how many things are in just a position to each other where they're going to rebel and become the black sheep. Mm -hmm. I always felt like the black sheep in my family. And my mother said I was the hardest kid to rear because I would listen to what they had to say. And then I would go do what I wanted to anyway. Mm -hmm. 
but it wasn't that I didn't listen, you know? Um, I mean, and, and dad can tell you so many stories of like, when he said, I used to go down to the library on Saturdays, I'd love to go down and just read all day. I know, strange kid. So I would hop over the back fence and cut through the neighbor's yard because it would save me three blocks if I did that from where I'd have to walk around. So the neighbors complained to my dad that I was leaving footprints on their fence when I was jumping and climbing over. And so he said to me one Saturday, the neighbors have complained. So will you promise me when you go to the library today, you won't jump the fence. And when he got home that evening from work, he came to me and he said, by any chance, Sharon, did you jump the fence on the way home from the library? And I said, yes, but I didn't jump it on the way going. And he said, I knew I said that wrong when I said, when you promised me when you go to the library today, you didn't tell me not to do it on the way home. So I did, you know, and that's when they were just frustrated with me. I listened very carefully and then said, okay, I promised to do this, but they didn't ask me that. Oh, and, and communication is so important. I actually just had a podcast with someone that he was talking about actually how to communicate with someone so that they will listen and that people are actually hearing what each other say. <laughs> well, there's six different communication styles according to the name, and it all is based on the first vowel in the first name. So Kimberly, for an example, you're the first vowel of an I. You are all inclusive. You want everybody to know what's going on. You wanna keep everybody informed. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if you guys have a telephone tree. So if something happens, you know who you call, they know who they call, and we can get the word out fast. Yeah. Okay because you're very inclusive, okay? But for somebody like me that with the first vowel of an A, it's like, get to the point, get said what you need to get said. If we have extra time, we'll chit chat. If not, we've got the work done that we need to get done and the communication, and so we go. If somebody had a first vowel of an E, they're like, hi, how are you? How are you feeling? You know, did you get enough sleep last night? They're all into the emotions and the feelings and let's connect first. Uh -huh. So I just gave you half of them, but each one has a particular style and you learn how to communicate. That's why in my third book, that's all I talk about is that first vowel. How do you communicate? Because in that first vowel lies how you learn, okay? Like you and I are both visual learners, mm -hmm. okay? But it says how you are, whether you're auditory or kinesthetic or visual. It says what kind of gifts you like. Mm -hmm. So for an example, you always have a list of what you want. It's not how much it costs. It's did they bother to ask? Did they bother to get you exactly what you wanted mm -hmm. <laughs> that was on that list? Okay, so we're, we're all different. And, and it literally says what needs to occur if you want to make a, li a lifelong friend with that friendship or whether it's going to be a brief moment in time or a temporary connection. But it's all in know the name, know how to connect. And there's so much just sitting in that first vowel. If people don't learn anything but that, it'll improve everybody's communication. Wow. So this A-E-I-O-U, is Y considered a vowel too, or just A-E-I-O-U? Yes. yes, Y is also a vowel, because if not, you have names like Lynn, L-Y-N-N, where's a vowel. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Y is a vowel, in my system anyway. In numerology, it's, it's what depends on what it's sitting next to or what it follows whether it's a vowel or not. But in namology, which is totally different, doesn't do anything with numbers. Even though I was a math major, everybody goes, well, it must be based on math. And I go, no, it's based on patterns. <laughs> no arithmetic needed. Um, 
the only time you do any math in my system is just adding when you, there's a way of looking at what every year is focused, what's your focus for this year? You know, what's the best use of your energy for this year? Which years are gonna be tougher than others? Which years are gonna just be like golden? So it's, it's you know, that just takes addition. Okay, so let me compare these two. So my name is Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Mm -hmm. And my daughter's name is also that. And both of our middle names start with an A. a. Mine is Anne with an E. Hers is Elise, A-L-Y-S-E. So similar, but not the same. And then my last name is Leonard, L-I-N-E-R-T. And hers is Posadas, P-O-S-A-D-A-S. So when you look at that as a whole, how do you, compare that because we're definitely not the same. <laughs> no. So it, the first name is like the ingredients in the kitchen. Now it, I could make a quiche out of the same ingredients that I'm making an omelet out of. Okay. And so there's different things. You can have the same ingredients, but make a totally different recipe. Mm -hmm. So the first name is our ingredients, which you guys share in common, which is the leadership skills, the want to do it your way and manifest your way, the competitiveness, the rebelliousness, they also wanting to rescue and help each other, you know, and help other people, plus wanting to, um, you know, be a chameleon and get along with anybody that you want to. And the idea is, do you want to? Mm -hmm. Okay, so those are things that you all have in common. You also have in common the fact that your emotions can really get ramped up at times. Okay, mm -hmm. like you really feel those emotions. Okay, so um, that's what you have in common. Now, we take from your last name, and you're always trying to be better than you were the day before. You're always attempting to improve and learn and grow and constantly working on yourself. And there's a lot of reflection. And so you're constantly wanting to grow. She doesn't have that in her last name. She's not a perfectionist. And in fact, she simply says, I can be a little turkey at times, because if things don't go the way I want, I can get obstinate. I can get obnoxious, okay? However, she's got a power of influence in her name, so people naturally listen to her and follow her. Where in your name, you have to work for the following, mm -hmm. or for her, it comes naturally. And it's literally a difference of how that environment, you know, that last name helps you grow differently. It also makes her a little bit more bossy than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're both okay. pretty bossy. But <laughs> Well, you're very independent. Mm -hmm. And so you work better, literally working for yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay, you're happier working for yourself because things can go your way. You're not taking directions, but also you're not giving directions, mm -hmm. you know, and if you did, you'd want to have a small group that would be very close to you that could help you. Mm -hmm. What her name says is, I'm going to be very independent but I want to have a big bunch of people working for me and I want to order them all around. <laughs> okay. So it's that influence of that last name. That's different. So same ingredients in the first name, but what you're going to cause and create out of them are very different in the last name. Wow. The other thing is in your middle name, say what you came in with, what was already fully developed. And in your middle name, it says you came in wanting to make the world a better place that you have a good memory, you have a generous heart, and you're very organized. Her middle name has no organizational skills in it. Okay, so if you look at her whole name, organization isn't there. 
whatever organizational gift she has, she's picking up from her parents because she doesn't have it in her name. Okay. Where you could organize the city and get everybody running smoothly. Okay. So there's a difference there. In her middle name, it says that she came in having a lot of self-confidence and a lot of pull and knowing how to finagle things to get done what she wants, regardless if it's an appropriate way or in an inappropriate way, mm-hmm. but it gets done to her liking, but she means well. Wow. You know, she's got good ulterior motives, but some of it is the ends justify the means where you would think, no, the means have to justify the end. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so there's a lot of differences depending on what letters fall where. Mm -hmm. But the system's actually easy. It's very easy to learn. It takes 15 hours to get all the basics done. And then if you want to go into more depth, then you put in more time. But you can literally in 15 hours, when you take the course, you can be certified to then be able to give a one hour reading. Like I always say, I can talk for two hours on somebody's name. Oh, yeah, After. I think you could. <laughs> it's <laughs> wonderful. It's, it's so interesting just how you can just take a name like that. Like, you know, my, my last name, I don't think it's a very common last name, but you're able to take it and just like. Well, you're looking really- for the patterns. What letter lies where and what's it next to? Mm-hmm. Because what you do is you learn all the 26 letters and their individuality, who they are. It's like knowing 26 people. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you know that if you sit next to somebody that you like, you're going to be gabbing and and talking and you're going to be interacting. But if you sit next to somebody you don't care for, you're going to be quieter. You're going to be alone more. You're going to be self-contained. Well, it's the same thing with these 26 letters that all have a personality. And it's you watch what they're sitting next to. And what does that happen? Like for an example, I have mnemonic devices for everything. And there's actually a chapter in the book that gives you my mnemonic devices to help you remember. Because everybody says, how do you remember all this stuff? And I go, well, it's easy. I got my own little cheat notes. So let's say that I'm looking at a C, the letter C. My mnemonic device is they're charming and they are charismatic to cover their need to be in charge and in control. Okay, so if it's the first letter in the name, they want to be in charge of them and everything around them. If it's in the middle of the name, it means they only want to be in charge of them. They don't have to be in charge of everybody else, but they don't want anybody else also in charge of them. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's take that C where it's very important for them to be in charge of their environment. And now let's look at the letter H. And H is what I call the holy letter. And the holy letter, you let go, you let God, you get in the river, wherever it takes you, you flow and you're good with it. You know, it's the lucky letter. Things are just going to turn out well. You don't have to worry. You just let go and life just is wonderful. So now we put a a C next to an H, like in Michael or in Cheryl. Doesn't matter where it shows up. And can you see how the C is saying, I got to be in charge and in control. And the H is saying, let go, let God. (laughs) There's a conflict there. Okay. There's a lot of Michaels. That's a common name. (laughs) Yes, but there's an inner conflict. When do I hold on? When do I take charge? When do I let go? And so because there's this conflict or confluence going on inside of them, they do things the hard way. They now they also do things the hard way because it kicks in their memory. You know, if it's too easy, then the next time it comes around, they waste so much time going, how did I do that last time? So they do it the hard way. And so the next time it comes around, they go, oh, I remember how this one last time that was hard. You know, Mm -hmm. let's improve it. But they do things the hard way because they have conflict between the two letters sitting next to each other. Wow. But, and, 
And so that's how you do. You learn the 26 letters and then you learn how they interact with each other. Mm-hmm. It's just like having a big family. <laughs> Sounds mm-hmm. like it. So let's say someone's going to start a business and they want to think of a name that will, you know, attract people, obviously not detract people and give it, you know, give the hopefully legacy and long life to this business. How do they so I that? love creating names for businesses and for products and for people. So what I do is I start for a business. I need three pieces of information. I want 10 adjectives, how you want people to feel about your business the minute they've heard the name. I want 10 adjectives on the type of people you want to work with that you would like to attract to your business. And then I want to know uh, the third piece is a really good definition of what service you're providing the people that you're going to be attracting in. Then I take those three pieces of information and I play Scrabble. And able to get these qualities, I need these letters and these positions or whatever. And there's two or three different ways of getting the same thing. So like we all don't have to have the same letter in the same place to get that quality. Mm-hmm. All right. So then I literally play Scrabble until I can come up with something. And then I go and test it with five of my friends that are all very, very different Um some educated more than others. I want to say educated by life or educated in school. Um, one's a psychic, one's a lawyer, you know, one's a relator. Anyway, I have five people that are very different in who they are. And I say, I call them up and I go, how do you feel about this name? What, what do you feel? You know, what's your first reaction, whatever. And until I get approval of all those five, I don't present that name And I present a few names when I'm doing it back to my client, knowing that it's doing what I want it to do. And it's past very unique, five different people's. They all felt good or they got the same feeling from that name. That's really cool. So what about when people make names and like, I don't even know how to spell it. Haagen-Dazs, like the ice cream, you know, it's it's a made up name. Is there, did they make it up like that? Just. I think Hagendas came from another another language. It sounds either Swedish or German to me, but I could be wrong. But the first thing I would be doing is saying, where's somebody's ethnic background? Do they want it to sound from their ethnic background? What's that language? And the other thing, when I'm coming up with a name, I check it in different languages because it's like the name that they have Taguan from on the Volkswagen. Okay. That is a tribe in Mali, Africa that goes out and kills people. Why would I want to name a Volkswagen after that? You know, somebody didn't do their research. (laughs) So, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's like, okay, wait a minute. And now a lot of people in the United States wouldn't know that. But if you're well-traveled and you'd look at that, or if you're from that region, you'd look at that and go, oh, I don't want that car. And what's it saying? You know, and so I'd always be interested in the accident statistics to see if if more people look at that and go ah you know (laughs) you know or if they fly away and go oh those are not so good get away from that car you know I mean I just think it'd be curious but I do a lot of research before I offer a name up Mm -hmm. and sometimes are they just common names like the bookstore or (laughs) are they well sometimes I want the name to be very common you know, or, or very much in alignment with what they're doing, because you don't want it to be such a weird name. Mm -hmm. You know, 
so sometimes you get that and sometimes you get a totally made up word. Like for an example, one of the ones I did was Podopoly. Now I have her permission to use that as an example because if not, I stay pretty silent about what I've created. Um, but Podopoly is an interactive podcast, okay? And it's one that you can play with and you can interact with the podcast. So I wanted the word pod in there for podcast. Mm -hmm. And Monopoly is a really popular game. So mm -hmm. at first I, I went through a lot of renditions of different things, but I came down to uh, Podopoly. And then I wanted it to be more memorable. So it became Podopolo. Okay. And it's doing very well. It's doing exactly, it's got the right letters in the right places and it's attracting people to it that is, you know, for what they want. Okay. But then you can have names that, that don't do that again, because somebody's um, like, like one of the ladies that asked me for the name of her business, what she was doing, we ended up naming her business um, discerning management. Now, discerning management is very common words or whatever, but it's exactly what she's teaching people how to do and what she does for different companies. She provides discerning management techniques. Mm -hmm. She goes in and helps the company learn that. And so, I mean, it was, and it was a word that had all the right letters in the right places to attract, you know, what she wanted and to also get the idea across what she wanted. So sometimes it's words. And sometimes it's made up words. It depends on, you know, what meets the requirements of, that I'm given within the 10 and 10 and the purpose. Wow. And then I wanted to switch over now to uh, lawyers and judges and court cases. So is it fair to judge people by their name coming in? As, can you say <laughs> that guy's guilty for sure? Because his name is whatever. I don't want to say a name. <laughs> There's, there's some qualities or things that show up in a name that you can see those that are liars in a name. You can see those that are psychopaths in a name. You can, I mean, the hints are all there. Now it takes more than just one combination. There has to be a few, but you put them together and sure, you can see that, that they have the potential to be that way. So, you know, people can change. People can be taught differently. You know, that can be their challenge. But the answer is yes. And so if I'm working with an attorney, those are the ones that go into the courtroom and can have their cases. Um, they let me know how they're going to present the case. Are you going to go for an emotional people? Do you want that so you can sway them emotionally? Do you want people that are more logical and are going to go by the facts? You know, how are you going to present this case to win this case? And then I know which letters I need to look for when they say a name and then I'll give them a percentage very quickly on this person that you're interviewing to be a juror, how close their name will match what you're looking for. That's now, really interesting. Yeah. So I love what I really love to do that I've done a lot more of is when a, um, an attorney is going to just go before the judge with their client. And so then you want to play off the judge's name and you wanna make sure that you're saying the right words so that your client knows that you're really working on their behalf. And then you wanna ping the judge for where their name says. So let's say the judge has fairness issues in their name. Now, I wish more of them did, but let's say this judge does. Then as you're giving the case, you're gonna say, 
well, this is what happened and how fair is that? And, da, 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 and how, you know, would you consider that fair? You're gonna ping them on their own issues so that the judge is gonna have more sympathy. And at the same time, we work with what phrases need to be there so that your client knows that even if you lose, you have fought a hard battle and said all the right things that they needed to hear you say. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's, it's kind of cool. Like for relatives call me and I can look at an address and tell you which words need to go out so it can sell faster. You know, who you need to attract in what you're saying about this house and what kind of a person would be attracted to that house. You can tell from an address what's gonna happen in that house or how the people are gonna be in that house and what their neighbors are gonna be like and whether the city's gonna be intrusive or not. So- Like like the street name? Well, the, the numbers themselves, I learned this when I lived in China from feng, from their feng shui and how they do things. I learned the numbers. And so the numbers themselves say what it's going to be like for the individuals that live in that house. And then I learned a few other things like which houses will always need repair and which houses, all of that comes from the numbers. Then the name of the street tells me what the neighbors are going to be like. Okay. And so uh, different relatives have me on retainer so they can call me anytime they've got a new address and how do I set this one up and what date should I put it on and all of that because we want to have fast moving sales. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I'll say, oh, this house is for this kind of a person. And whoever's living there now would probably tell you this about their neighbors or whatnot. And of course, they, they, they have to go ask the people then. Mm-hmm. Are your neighbors kind of like this or whatever? And then they're always amazed. But <laughs> You know, um, some people don't care what the neighbors are like. Other people, it's very important what the neighbors are like, mm-hmm. you know, and then the city name tells you what the regulations are going to be and whether you're going to be in alignment with those or against those. Really? So give me an example, like New York. <laughs> okay, so New York City. Mm-hmm. New York City is for people who are basically very smart who are very independent, that want to own their own lives. They don't like being told what to do. They'd rather tell other people what to do. They're individualistic in their thinking. Okay, they think more outside the boxes than inside the boxes. They basically have fairness issues. They're going to stand up for themselves and stand up for others. Not everybody that has fairness issues can stand up for themselves. So they can stand up for both people. They're very fast thinking on their feet. They, they walk fast, they talk fast, they think fast. Uh, that's in the, the New York. And that they get bored easily. So they're going to keep moving forward and be progressive. And that's probably why New York is one of our bellwether states. Okay, so now I'm going to give you a contrast. So where I live, when I first moved out here, I was in the middle of nowhere. But now they're starting to build a Walmart or whatever. But So the name of my town is Ball Ground. Two words, ball and then ground. Okay, so Ball Ground says that that everything isn't as it appears. So you may get a first impression and find out later it's not the way it is at all. Okay, it says that people are generally educated at least um, to a grounded level. So they can think for themselves and they're educated. They may not have advanced degrees, but it doesn't mean because they weren't capable of it. Okay, they may have just different interests. It also says that they know how to nurture the people around them and they like to have fun. It also says that they take care of the physicality because 
they're concerned that when they get older, their physical beings will give them problems and they won't be able to live life to the highest if they're not taking care of it. So you have people that are more nutritionally minded or more concerned about what they're putting in their bodies and whether they're exercising or not. You also have people that are learning how to be competitive, okay? So they would basically compete with themselves, basically be hardworking, um, be very observant. They can be loners. So it may take you longer where you live to fit in or to have a stranger come and welcome them in. They kind of like have to prove themselves and it's going to take a long time for them to be welcomed that they're really staying there and they're okay. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of drinking parties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that makes sense, especially the, the you know, actually I, I was in a town just below that when I first opened my business years ago very small town, very good old boys. <laughs> we call it the good old boys system. And it took me some time to get in, you know, get in within the, the it makes sense. because people had been here, their families had been here for years and, you know, they didn't really like outside people coming in. Well, a lot of our smaller cities are that way. Um, more people where people move more often they're usually more welcoming to strangers coming in. Um, but there's other things too, like I wanted to come, when I moved up here three and a half years ago, there's three cities that kind of form a triangle and they share like an airport and they share different things. And some of my friends said, why didn't you pick one of the other two cities? Because even the relator said, we've got just what you're looking for, but it's in this other city. And I said, nope, I won't want to live there long and I'll want to move. I don't want to live in that city. I want to live someplace where I could live for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so even, you know, in the same areas right next to each other, you can have differences. But for me, where I live, it's a community that's very family oriented. They're very polite. Um, they're very caring people. In the three and a half years I've lived here and I've gotten out with a lot of different groups and, and met a lot of people, I have only one time heard somebody raise their voice or get upset in three and a half years. That's amazing. And where do you live now? <laughs> We're all coming. <laughs> I live in the middle of the mountains in the Appalachian mountains. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that is so cool. So um, I would like for you to share with people, how can they find you? Um, you know, talk about your book, your course, everything you have to, you can offer people and how you work with people and your website, how they find you. Okay, the easiest way to find me is on knowthename.com. So if you're doing something right now where you can't write that down and later on you go, oh, I need to remember the name of that website. I need to know the name. And you go, oh yeah, that was it. Know the name. <laughs> uh, knowthename.com. Or I also have a website that's called The Name Lady because that's how a lot of people refer to me. So, and there's a link on The Name Lady to get you back to knowthename.com. But it's the easiest way to contact me on knowthename.com. Uh, com, there's an entire services page with everything that I offer. It is the least expensive place to buy my books. I've got them discounted greatly over any place else you can find them. Um, I do that because I just want the word out there. And in fact, what we've done for your people, Kimberly, is that on every page but the front page, we put up in the right-hand column where you can click on it and get that third book, Know the Name, Know How to Connect, that I was talking about with just the vowels, absolutely free on, on your Kindle. 
Okay. Mm -hmm. Or if you don't have a Kindle, you can read it right there on the website. Mm -hmm. So it's like my free gift to you guys for coming to the, you know, dipping your toe in to nameology science. So um, I teach the course. It's online. You can do it that way. You can do it in person. You can teach yourself through the books. You, it, or if you don't want to learn it for yourself, there's a lot of things out there that I'd like to know what it says, but I don't want to learn it. Don't want to take the time. Uh, you can have a session. And so the first session with me or the first half hour of a session, I say why you benefited from having your mom, why you benefited from having your dad, which sometimes is an eye opener to people. And then we go through that. It takes five minutes each. And we go through 20 minutes on the seven things that your soul came to experience and the gifts you gave yourself and able to accomplish them and the easiest way to get them done. And then longer sessions, we answer questions, we compare, uh, we talk about your timeline, we compare your name with other people's names. It just depends on how much time you give me. But if you think about it, so much information is sitting in a name that I always say, if you could ask the universe anything, what do you wanna know? that answer is probably sitting in your name. And that's the easiest way to reach me is through the website. And then right. I also have classes online there on spirituality because I've studied extensively the different religions and try to put the commonalities together. And this is what's, what's really going on. Um, and it happens to be my personal love ever since I was 13. Mm -hmm. And so that's on there. And um, there's a meditation course on there. There's just a lot of information. Um, but it's all sitting on the services page. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, great. Thank you so much for all that and for being on the podcast today. And it's been really fun. Thank you so much. Kimberly, it's been my pleasure. Thank you for the invite. Yeah. So I have one last question before we complete. What is your best advice for living an incredible, extraordinary life? Be true to yourself. You can get everybody's suggestions, but you got to do what feels right to you. And I always like to bat or present ideas off of somebody else and say, what do you think? Give me your input. And then I like to make up my own mind and go forward because we all have to be true to ourselves if we're really going to be happy. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, Kimberly.